welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey, Molly. Hey, Jody. It's great to see you. I know. We're in the studio. It's very fun. Yes, we are in our New York City and Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast studio together, although we're still recording with our guests um, online, but yeah. it's nice to see you. Yes, yeah, nice to see you too. <laughs> So um, we're talking about our 202nd episode today. Yeah, 202, and we filmed it on 2222, which is super cool. Yeah, so um, for anyone who's um, just catching up with us, we have a lot of ambition this year, and we're live streaming all of our episodes. So we recorded with our guests over YouTube Live, and our fans got to watch as the show gets made. And of course, now you're listening to it on your podcasting app. So um, lots of ways for you to enjoy this great, inspiring, wisdom-filled content. Yeah. It's anywhere that you could possibly listen to it or see it or consume it, it's there. So um, this episode, number 202, is with Amy Errett. She's the um, CEO and founder of Madison Reed. And our theme is technology. And she just spoke, um, you know, so in such inspiring ways about how technology has really changed the game for people getting their hair colored. And I do believe that's an industry that needed some fresh takes. Yeah, totally. I think they are incorporating technology in their business in a super awesome way. And it was nice to hear from her, like, straight from her mouth on how they continue to do that. And she's just so great to listen to. I know. It literally, like you were saying, it felt like a free therapy session. Like, it was insane. She felt like someone I knew forever. Yeah, I think this is an episode that you'll want to come back to if you're having a down day. Yeah. And you're just, like, not feeling confident or, like, something went sideways at work. Absolutely. I think Amy will really lift you up. Yeah, she is so inspiring and so encouraging in a very real and, like, authentic way. Okay, well, let's get to it then. Let's roll episode 202. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. We're celebrating our fifth anniversary season. So glad that you tuned in. And this is our 202nd episode. And therefore, we have confetti. So we're still celebrating. We're going to be celebrating all year long. And it's also our new show format. So all episodes are now live streaming on YouTube Live. Please subscribe to our channel now to get all future live episode notifications. And in our new live stream, you'll get to watch the podcast get made. So if the show goes sideways, you'll get to see that too. Um, and our shows all start with a 30-minute interview, followed by a lighthearted and fun after show with a game and fun questions. So our theme for this quarter is technology, and we're thrilled now to introduce you to our 202nd guest. It's Amy Errett, founder and CEO of Madison Reed. Hi, Amy. Hey, Jody. Thanks for having me. Your 202nd show, and I was sitting here thinking it's 2222. Oh, that's so fun. Thank you for the, the number play. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, there you go. Well, welcome formally to Where Brains Meet Beauty. I'm going to start off, Amy, with my favorite question, because this is a career journey show, and the journeys are long um, and winding. So um, tell us, when you were like 11 years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> a boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's really simple. <laughs> a boss of what? <laughs> Anything. It didn't matter. I just wanted to, you know, get a group of people I like together and lead them to do something. I didn't have any... Um, I didn't know it was hair color. I didn't know it was financial services where I spent my career uh, as well or being a venture capitalist. I just, I liked the thought of leading people and, you know, helping make things better. 
Do you remember yourself like leading others at like camp or school or, you know, in the neighborhood? Yeah, I, I tell this great story. I got kicked out of the brownies. Do you know the brownies? Do you know like Girl Scouts and stuff like that? Yes, I am a Girl Scout assistant troop leader, Amy. Okay, well, this is great. Maybe, yeah, so in uh, my time the brownies, we had to like wear a certain uniform and it was on a certain day. And I had a group of friends and I didn't like that because it was an inconvenient day. So I organized us to move it a day, except the brownies didn't like that, the leadership. So that was my first experience of uh, discourse. Uh, And uh, yeah, we worked it out. But um, yeah, and I went to camp. I went to camp from the time I was seven until I was a camp counselor when I was 19, the same camp. So uh, I have a lot of experiences of groups and mentorship and camaraderie and what groups of people can do when they're locked arms in a mission. I was a camp counselor and it was some of the most fun I've ever had. Totally. And um, the camaraderie between counselors is like next level. You know, it's almost something that I think I've been chasing, you know, all these years. Yeah, I think um, I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's why I do what I do, uh, because I love to think of our team as that same dynamic, right? The taking something that's impossible and um, creating the possibilities that could happen and then realizing that together equally. So um, we're going to go back in time to the 1980s. Um, The 1980s (laughs) on your LinkedIn um, profile takes me to the banking world. Mm -hmm. And I want to know why. I want to know why, too. Um, (laughs) Now that we're in 2022, I'm like, why did I do that? That seems curious. Um, You know, it was what people did then, right? It was... When you come out of a place like Wharton, there's only two things that you were trained to do in the late 80s, early 90s, which was you were either an investment banker or you went to a consulting firm. And so I went to be an investment banker and um, learned a lot. It's helped me tremendously, but it wasn't my calling at all. And um, if you like think back to graduating from school and getting that job in investment banking, were you super psyched about it? Absolutely. It was the pinnacle of, I talk a lot about this, Jody. that, you know, we, all of us, depending on where you come from, my parents uh, put a lot of um, emphasis on education and they put a lot of emphasis on you're supposed to do things the way you're supposed to do them. And so uh, I was a good soldier and followed along with that until I realized that that wasn't going to be a recipe to make me happy. And I think that life is just this curious journey. Everyone has a different one to get to the same, the complexity that gets to the simplicity. Oh. The complexity of all the, the things we weave around to get to the simplicity of what are we here for? And everyone has a different definition of that. That's such a beautiful way to think about journey. I've been thinking about it uh, because my journey wasn't straight and I didn't have a a strong direction at like, you know, it took me a really long time to figure out what would give me joy. And actually, like, I think the camp counselor and then also like student government in college, like those were the feelings I was chasing. Yeah. Like I'm a value. I'm contributing. I'm a leader. I'm working with people. We're having so much fun. It felt so good. Yes. Um, but then I got into like my first job and like no one gave a shit about my opinion or anything. Like, wait, what happened? Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> as I talk about a lot, yeah, leadership has so much to do with your own self-awareness. 
and your ability to understand what motivates you and then gives you the ability to have empathy for other people. Oh, I love that you mentioned empathy. We'll talk about that. That's one of my favorite topics. Um, okay, well, we're here to talk about technology. Um, and I just thought you'd be such a great fit for this topic. You know, Madison Reed sets out to do better with hair color, right? And it's um, for all the innovation in hair, we've probably been coloring our hair in a pretty similar way for decades, right? So um, I'm curious, what role has technology played in your vision for this venture? Massive. Um, in, in sort of three ways. One, we've effectively elevated the possibility that you'd have the right color match uh, through an 18-question quiz that's a sophisticated algorithm that's vetting for what you're telling us about your hair and what your desired results are, and then what we can do to predict that and recommend usually three shades that will get you there. So that's one. Two is um, we've put a lot of time around photo recognition right? Because uh, it goes into number three, which is most women are living their lives on their phone. They're not living their lives on desktop. So how do you create behaviors that on their phone are easily convenient and the ability for them to snap a picture? Everybody knows how to snap a picture. So we've used a lot of photo recognition. And then going into that third thing about convenience, we've built all, a lot of our own technology to allow whether you're shopping for the color to be sent to you at home or whether to do it yourself or whether you're going into one of our 52 nationwide hair color bars, uh, you can make all your appointments there. We gather all your data and that allows you like, you know, to be in San Francisco and wanting to get your hair done. Uh, but you might live in Texas and Dallas and go to the Plano hair color bar versus the San Francisco hair color bar, or take the box of the same thing we're putting on your hair at home. The data and the seamless nature of that data and allowing the convenience to come to the customer is all driven by technology. You know, it's making me think about the relationship between the client and the colorist because I mean, you hear this all the time from friends. Well, I don't really like my colorist, but she knows my formula, so I'm not going to go anywhere else, right? Or the, the salon's not nice, or they're cruel there, or they're mean, they're snobby or too expensive, but they know my color. <laughs> so I'm going to stay there, right? We've been, um, you know, I think the customer's been a little defeated, you know, in this process for a long time. Um, as I say, this is, it's such an interesting industry once you get into it, because it's, you know, again, most of our customers are women. There are some men. But we've all bought into this notion that we do it the way our grandmother did it or our mom did it, right? Like there's been no innovation. Um, and, you know, our, our real purpose is, you know, we've innovated on ingredients. So we have, have an eight-free formula that's new and different. You don't have to put terrible things on your head for you to look beautiful. Seems obvious, but not so obvious. Um, and then we've also been able to say that convenience is really the customer's choice. Like, it's the same exact thing. I may not like my colorist, but they have the formula. Well, why are you shackled to your colorist having the formula of the stuff that you're paying for to put on your head that you don't know what's in the ingredients? And why don't you have the convenience to have the same product available, which is the same quality? Like, we are a salon quality product. Colorists buy tubes of color from us to use on their customers. So we have figured out how to take this industry where the sh what was on the shelf was shameful, right? Like didn't, nobody wants to talk about I use Clairol or I, I use L'Oreal preference because it 
because it is an inferior product from the professional quality. Well, we've just said, well, why can't that be available in any channel you want? Why, why would that be something that's only at the effect of the colorist, right? And, and, and then again, and I'll talk a lot about this, we love colorists. You talked about a toxic salon environment. Colorists are amazing and we employ hundreds of them and more and we pay them more than the industry does and give them benefits and things like that. So we think we have a win-win for both our, our customers as well as our team members. So um, with all your background in investment banking and as an investor yourself, why did you set your sights on hair color? It's a uh, very great question. Um, I think what I set my sights on initially, Jody, to be honest, was I, I wanted to go back and run a company. And I was a full-time venture capitalist, and that is an amazing job. I mean, one an honor to meet incredible entrepreneurs and actually have the ability to give them the capital to have their dreams come true. Like, it is unbelievable, right? But every time I left a board meeting where I was the board member, I was envious of the CEO. <laughs> so I started to realize this thing that we talked about earlier, like, oh, what is my mission and purpose? Why? What makes me get up every morning and just be excited to be present in a grateful life? Um, it has to do with building something that is extraordinary for a group of people to give them personal, uh, professional, and financial growth. And when I did, it just so happened that I was coming to that conclusion at the same time uh, we passed on a famous investment called Dollar Shave Club. And uh, I became enamored with like, wow, these CPG categories could really be disrupted. What is the analog of shaving to women? And you just run the numbers and it's hair color, right? The repetitive nature of it, how big it is. The, you know, as I said um, all along, but it took a pandemic for people to realize like she or we are going to color our hair no matter what happens. It doesn't matter if there's a hurricane, doesn't matter if there's a pandemic, we're going to color our hair. Uh, so that repetitive nature intrigued me about the business model. Uh, and at the same time, I was going through um, really deciding that I wanted to go create something. And I like hard things. And this is a hard category. Uh, and so why not? You know, why not turn it upside down and, and try to build something uh, that really, you know, when it, you boil it all down, this is really about empowering women to be badasses, to just, when your hair looks great, like there's no, I mean, that's it, right? When your hair looks amazing, no one has to tell you that you feel competent or confident in the world. And so I wanted to find that emotional category. So, um, you know, I just think it's so interesting because you said about as a kid, you wanted to be a boss. And then you were in this realm where you're an investor, right? So you're like advising, right? But you're not, are you, are you leading? Is that like what you missed? Is that what you craved? Uh, yeah, I, I missed leading and I missed building. And I like hard problems. So I didn't know how to make hair color. I didn't understand anything about hair color, hair theory, color theory. Um, so I have a part of me that's very sciencey, right? Like that's a very tinkering kind of person, likes products, likes to know how things get put together. Um, and so it, it was also sort of a quest of figuring out a hard problem. And then when I could 
I'm a consumer person, so it's not I don't it's not that I don't like. I'm just not attracted to SaaS kinds of problems. It's not that they probably have better outcomes than consumer things do, so maybe I should be. But nonetheless, I'm I'm intrigued by what motivates human beings to buy something or not. And so once I kind of figured those things out, then I just missed building a team and having a dream and doing that together, not solely. That's interesting when I said about the boss thing. I think it was true, but it was it was not in the context of being alone. Right. So um, what's so fascinating as I listen to you, because I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years, and like most of those 15 years, um, I was in a fear place, you know, like all the time, like the fear of financial insecurity. Like I, um, I like personified as sort of like a shadow behind me um, through the years. I um, I didn't start my entrepreneurial journey because I wanted a challenge. You know, I love how you're talking about like you 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 approach this because it was hard and that was exciting for you. Like so, my entrepreneurial journey has been really hard, but I never actually got into an acceptance position on the fact that it's hard and that's what makes it fun. Until really recently, I mean, um, it's taken ten years of therapy and lots of business coaching to get there. And I'm envious of you that you walked into it knowing it's hard and that you're ready to climb the mountain. Um, it sounds like though you pro- you probably felt like you had the right gear, like you were wearing the right shoes and the right hiking gear to get up that mountain. Uh, you've said a lot. Um, I resonate with so much of what you've said because I too, um, you know, this is my fourth time running something, right? So I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of early stumbles, right? I had a lot of um, and, and here's the thing about life, you know, failure is our, our best friend. And so if we can embrace the fact that it's a good thing, that it actually, again, getting from the complexity to the simplicity, it's the little trail mix, as I call it, that one leaves behind that you trace the steps back and you say, oh, that's why that happened, right? That happened to bring me to this place. So, yeah, I, I think I had a better tool set. I certainly had more security about funding and more relationships. I think I was more realistic, but um, make no mistake about the fear, the anxiety, the still waking up in the middle of the night thinking, because here's the thing, like wherever you are, you will be somewhere else. And the problems that come with that or the challenges, the opportunities are different. They are still challenging. So what I try to tell everybody, yeah, the business has grown, we're doing great. Like. Who knew, you know, seven and a half years later, we'd have 52 locations and hundreds of, you know, millions of customers and blah, 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 right? But now we face into something completely different that's daunting. So it doesn't make it, you, I don't think on this journey you ever fix it. You, it's what I call, and I have a coach too, and we talk a lot about enjoying the present time. Like I've spent a lifetime of, you know, early in therapy, like my therapist would be like, so you think when that happens, everything's going to be okay. (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you something, lady. No, you'll just go on to the next thing, right? So I think what, what is it about the human spirit, at least for me, that sometimes has a hard time realizing like right now at this moment, right here with Jody Katz, I'm having a transformational experience that's wonderful. Right. And I think if you could look at life with that kind of gratitude, then it's all upside. 
I love you talking. I love hearing about joy because um, that's really, I think, why I started my business is I wanted to wanted to enjoy being a mom and work. I didn't wasn't even pregnant, but like I knew what I wanted, right? So I didn't know what I was getting into, but I was trying to craft a life for myself where I can do the things I want to do the way I want to do them and still have a great career in this industry. And it started out as like, I think a noble, uh, noble goal. And then it turned into like a whole lot of complication. And I found myself at Mommy Me Gymnastics with my daughter. She's probably like, I don't know, one or two. And I had her in one hand and my phone texting, you know, a client or someone on my team in the other. And I started to get so anxious before Mommy Me Gymnastics because I didn't know it at the time. It took me like several weeks to figure this out. But like, it wasn't joyful anymore because I was trying to do all these things that one time and like going back to like, why am I doing this? I'm doing this for joy, right? Like that's always helped me figure out how to steer myself back to home, right? Whatever home base is. And I use that as a marker now too. Like if I'm like just feeling dragged down because, you know, I'm in a client service business, it's not always easy. Like what can I do and invest my time in the joy to, you know? So like the podcast is like the best outlet for me because it's like free therapy, you know, like what's going on right here. But joy is so meaningful and it's really more important than money. I a thousand percent agree. Um, I think it, you know, it takes a while to sort of have that self-awareness to look at what's right in front of you, this amazing kid that you're having this experience with, and then realizing, like, I have this amazing kid, I'm having this experience, and my phone's in my hand, and I'm prioritizing this thing that is actually not as amazing, right? So, you know, it w- what you've described to me, I call the the um, the intentional life. You know, how can we each devise what works for us because what my intentional life might be could be very different than yours or somebody else's. And that's that long and windy road to get to this place. Like, what are the things that make me happy? Where where do I, where in the presence am I most grounded, right? Like, what are those things? You know, for me, it is my team. That actually, I don't, I, I don't apologize for that. It's joy for me. To, to take somebody who has raw talents and give them the opportunity to actually find themselves and have a successful um, experience, oh my God, that just makes me, but it took me a long time, Jody, to figure out that's the superpower, right, that I love. There's a lot of things I'm terrible at. And this is the thing that I try to explain to people when they're going through their career path is that edu- the traditional educational system tries to convince us we, we're supposed to be great at everything, right? So to be great at numbers and you should learn how to code and you're good at marketing and at the same time, you're you know, really great at product development, like go down the list. Well, that's not true. So why is it that we buy into that and then we measure ourselves against some sense of setup failure rather than getting really smart and then surrounding yourself with people that are awesome at the things that you aren't, that you actually don't like. And I, you know, I feel very grateful because I have a group of people around me that are, are magnificent at the things that I suck at. So Amy, I want to talk about this topic of the seduction of growing a business. Um, so this is a word that I know is like disarming and strange to use in a, a business situation. But I've um, described like the feeling I have in my belly 
um, about growing my business as seductive because when I get like a little taste of that success I dreamed up, whatever it's the success means, it could be hiring that right person or getting a new client or whatever. Um, it makes me want more, right? Like sugar, right? Like <laughs> You have some sugar and you need more. So um, it is such a seduction because in one part, it's so exciting that I'm seduced by it because it means it's fun and like I love it. And the same, and the other opposite end of it is like, well, I could sit here all night long and like keep sending emails and never stop. But then I'm not like, you know, going to the gym or breathing fresh air or like, you know, engaging with my family. So I'm just so curious, like, is there anything about this business venture for you that's so seductive that you actually kind of sometimes have to like jump from one side of the fence to the other to balance? Not one thing, everything. I'm, I, I, I am in love and love what I do every day. Oh, that's so and sweet. And I am seduced by it all the time. I think that, and that's what keeps me engaged and hopefully on my game and, and having some level of uh, whatever you call success, because I've also learned that that's different for everybody. Um, although we all measure ourselves against, you know, this one great thing that's green, it's called money. Um, but, you know, I'm not quite sure that we, you know, anybody that does that has that right. Um, cause you can always, you never have enough of it, by the way. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, but I've also learned a lot about what are the other things that also seduce me and where can I have what I would call like an intentionally balanced life. And I've learned a lot about that. And frankly, a lot of those current learnings have happened during the pandemic. I've been really, really um, actually trying to pay attention to that um, because I think that this has been a moment for, I think this is why there is the great resignation or whatever you want to call it, the great dislocation. <laughs> because I think human beings had a bucket of cold water poured on their head and their routines that they just thought, like I talked about, like right, we're just supposed to go to business school, we're supposed to do this, we're supposed to do that, right? Like we're all supposed to be able to go out and not feel like we're scared to get sick. And then all of a sudden it has a bunch of different ramifications. So for me, it's been a, it's been a time of great reflection and, um, and that's been awesome. And like anything else in life, there's consequences for it, right? There's things that suck that you know, I, I'm a people person, you know, it's like humans, please. Um, you know, I'd rather be doing this sitting next to each other, right? Like just that's how I'm wired. But I've had to learn a lot about do we have the, do I have the capacity in life to find joy everywhere? And for me, the answer has been absolutely yes. I love that you said that you're in love with your business and you love your business because it uh, kind of awakened in me um, a point of view that I never articulated about my work. I I don't know that I've, I mean, I probably said out loud, I love my work or I love my business or I love these, you know, challenges and opportunities, but I never framed it as I'm in love with my business, right? And, and I'm in love with my idea to build the business and I'm in love with what it takes to build the business. And it really like got to my heart, like, you know, little flutters, like, yeah, that's why we do it. Cause like, this is so fun. It's as fun as being on a roller coaster, you know, and like the swishy parts, you know, when the wind is whipping in your face and um, you're giggling, like, that's what it feels like. I mean, sometimes it really is like the upside down part of the roller coaster. <laughs> like when you're hanging there, it's not always so fun that being in love with it really does feel like the fun parts of the of the coaster. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's why we do it. I mean, and how lucky are we 
Right. This is the thing that really is so fascinating to me. Whenever we have a big sign at Madison Reed in our office that I talk, that I say all the time, which is, we get to do this. Life is, you know, we get to be the ones that do this. We don't have to do it. No one has to do anything. Right? We get to do this. So, um, you know, that's, I find that very exhilarating that I have that gratitude for it. That does not mean that there's a lot of days where I'm like, really? Um, but when I have those days that feel that way, that's an inside job, Jody. Nobody causes me to feel that way. So I really try very hard to um, not look for villains of this, not be on a drama thing. I just want to enjoy life. And um, I'm very lucky and I'm very grateful for that. Well, I am um, so grateful for your wisdom. And like this did feel like a, a free therapy session for me. So um, I appreciate that. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send you the invoice <laughs> later on. Uh, Venmo, you can Venmo me. It's fun. Um, it's super fun. So um, I also want to let um, our listeners know that Amy and Madison Reed are offering customers a special incentive for shopping. So 20% off and free shipping if they purchase through madisonreed.com and also 20% off at your local hair color bar nationwide. So that's really amazing. And that's good until the end of 2022. So go spend it, get your hair colored. Uh, you can use the code WBMB20. And thank you, Amy, for giving our fans that discount. That's exciting. My pleasure. So, um, okay. Two fan questions from Instagram. That's our last segment of the show. Um, the first question is a really interesting one. Um, why do, is it important to choose a hair color that's been dermatologist tested? Uh, because somewhere between 15 and 20% of women have a, have a scalp allergy. And so 15 to 20% of people would tell you that they're allergic to hair color, something in the hair color which is why we've taken the eight free things out. So it could be everything from itching, welts, anaphylactic shock, um, you know, rashes, open sores, that happens. Salons put sweet and low in their hair color if they know somebody has sensitivity. I can't make it up. And, and I think it's something about what happens in the sweet and low that changes the chemical format. But we take out the eight free formula. And so why we have a dermatologist is because we want to say it's safe to put it on your scalp. Okay, last question. This is a good one. Um, we didn't talk about it during the interview. What does the name Madison Reed mean to you? Where'd that name come from? So my daughter's first name is Madison and her middle name is Reed. So the company is named after her. Uh, you know, one could see that as a narcissistic expression. Um, maybe some down deep there was, but I didn't mean it that way. I meant it to be metaphoric. And what I mean for that is like every parent, regardless of gender, has aspirations for what you want your kid to be. And to me, the aspiration that in our life has been for Madison to be happy and to find that thing in herself that is the thing that she can be in love with, Jody, the thing that we talked about, whatever that is. And I think, and I'll just close on this, I think that as women, we buy into stories, especially around beauty. We've been taught those stories all the time. Those stories are like, we should be 
this weight or this height or have this kind of hair or dress this way or act this way or not support or something. Like, go down the list. And somewhere by fifth grade, those have been locked in. Uh, and then we have a manifestation of what happens when we feel like we're not living up to that, that set of rules. And what I want for my kid is to define her own rules. Screw everybody else's rules. And so what I want is the name to be metaphoric to women to feel confident on their own terms and not have to check the box of what a media uh, image should look like. You know, when women get into their 40s, they all of a sudden feel like life is, you know, they're just not, you know, it's just crazy. Like they're not beautiful anymore. That's just not true. So anyway. How old is Madison now? Madison turns 19 on Monday. She has graduated high school and she's on a gap year. And she decided on the gap year, we didn't, but boy, I think she picked the right year to be on a gap year. And she goes to college in uh, September in Boston. She's working at Madison Reed right now. I mean, how cool is that Madison is working at Madison Reed, you know? And um, it's such a beautiful testament to everything you spoke about today, which is, you know, forging your own path and being really, um, you know, okay with the fact that it's different than everyone else's and determining, you know, what success means to you and what a, a, a lovely homage to also being a parent. Totally. Um, naming this after Madison is. It's so lovely. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Okay, Amy, this is it. We are concluding our 202nd episode on February 2nd, 2022. 202. So we're going to have some fun on social with those numbers later. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Amy. Please subscribe to our series on your favorite podcast app. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at where brains meet beauty podcast. Thanks for listening to where brains meet beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.